As I was thinking about that promise, that gracious promise that God has given us, I was reminded that sometimes promises that good are hard to hear. Because sometimes we look at this world and we look at the things that are broken. We see pictures of children struggling. We hear stories of wars, of violence. And it's hard to hear a promise like that. Sometimes we think about our own situation, the things that are going on in our own lives, the struggles we're facing, the frustration we feel. And it's hard sometimes to hear a promise like that. Sometimes it feels like pie in the sky. Sometimes we hear that promise, and we know we're not supposed to, but we can't help it. Sometimes it rings empty for us. Sometimes things are so difficult that even a promise like that can feel like a slap in the face. I wonder how Jeremiah felt when he made, or when he spoke these words, when he spoke this promise that God had given him. I don't know if you know this part, but Jeremiah actually spoke these words when he was caged up in the palace courtyard. He was in prison. And it gets worse. <laughs> Not only was he in prison, but Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, his army had surrounded Jerusalem. So not only was he in a cage himself, but his whole city was about to be conquered by the Babylonians. And yet God gives him this promise. Regardless of what looks like is going to happen, and regardless of what may happen, God is still in control. Jeremiah, trust me, I have a promise for you and a promise for this people. See, we hear these words of promise, and we hear this promise again of God, and it is a powerful promise. A promise that God has spoken. So that a shoot will come out of the branch of David. And he will do what is right and what is just in the land. Now we take hope in this promise because, first of all, we've seen it fulfilled. At least at some level, we've seen it fulfilled in Christ and the fact that Jesus came. Now Jeremiah, he preached these words or proclaimed this prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus even showed up. But Jesus still came. God still came and dwelt among us took on flesh, left everything he had in heaven and came and dwelt among us. God has come. And see, it didn't take too long before people who lived around Jesus, people of his time, began to recognize that there was something amazing about Jesus. That he, they began to recognize that he was filling out these words of Jeremiah. When he walked on the water, when he stilled the storms, when he told that person to get up and walk, take your mat and walk. When he said, you've been healed. When he told people that your sins have been forgiven. The people knew the Old Testament and they began to recognize it being fulfilled in Jesus. They recognized that Jesus was this one that Jeremiah had been talking about. But we see it too. Looking back through the scriptures, hearing the gospel again, we look back and we see that Jesus is this one. Jesus is this shoot from the branch of David that has come, this Savior that God was speaking of. We see that, we look and we see that the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord was upon him. That he did come to preach good news to the poor. That he came to preach release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted. We see this in Jesus. That he came to set the captives free. We see it in him. 
So in one sense, these words, this promise of God has been fulfilled. But in another sense, we wait for it to be fulfilled in completeness. We wait for it to be consummated when Christ comes again. When Jesus comes again. See, today we are the first day of Advent. The season when we live between the times. Between the fact that Jesus has come and the fact that he is coming again. But the fact that he has come builds faithfulness in us. Builds hope in us. Because God has been faithful. Because Jesus has come, we can trust that he is coming again. You see, sometimes prophecies, sometimes prophecies were meant for the people of their time. But sometimes we recognize that they are fulfilled again and again. We see them fulfilled when Christ came and we know they will be fulfilled finally when Christ comes. That once and for all, Jesus is going to make things right. He has begun this project of salvation. And many of us, many of you, I look at you and I see how God is already working at redeeming you. The lives that he has changed. I can speak for myself the way that he has changed me. But we wait for him to return, to come and make things right and just once and for all. See, sometimes we can think of the prophecies that they're sort of on this merry-go-round, the things keep happening around and around. That is not the point. That is not what's happening here. There is an end to this. All of history is heading towards a particular end based on Christ's return. Him coming to make things right and good. So we live in this promise. We hear this promise from God. And it reminds us that God cares about us, that God cares about his people, and that he is faithful. But I pray that as we hear this promise, that it wells hope up in us. Now I wish I could say that all of the conversations you've heard this morning, all the times you've heard the word hope, that I had somehow orchestrated that. I wish I were that smart. But I'm thankful that God is that smart. That God has been putting all these things together, having the compassion people, having Janet and, and, and Willem come and speak about compassion and about hope. That this Sunday is Hope Sunday in Advent. And then all this, this whole week I've been working up to this moment of saying that I pray that this promise works hope in us. Because hope is powerful. And I'm not talking just about hope like, oh, I sure hope that happens. I'm talking about longing. I'm talking about that hope that looks forward to it happening. You see, I hope. I hope for this new world that God describes. I hope for this world of righteousness. Where people are honest where people are honest with their neighbors, where we speak truth to each other, where no longer do we lie to each other and cut corners with each other. I pray for righteousness and this term of, and this idea of integrity, that when we say something, we're going to do it, that we actually do it, that we live the words that we speak, that there's integrity in the ways that we do business, in the ways that we, the ways that we interact with each other. I hope for this, this world of righteousness, this world of fidelity, fidelity in marriages, between husbands and wives, faithfulness to each other. I pray for this world. I long for this. I long for this world where we live in a, in a life that honors God. This righteousness, this sense of a, of a life lived out in a way that gives glory to God. Not just among the Christians, but among all people. 
that all people following Christ, living and honoring Him with their lives. I have hope for a righteous world. I also have hope for a just world, where justice reigns, where God's justice prevails, where all the things that have been wrong are set right, whether it's wrongs between, between spouses or parents, wrongs between ethnic groups, wrongs between social classes, those who have and those who have not, that all of these things are set right. I hope for a just world. A world marked by justice where those who have a lot share a lot with those who have nothing. I think about the pictures of the kids we saw in Compassion. I have hope for a day when those kids have more food than they know what to do with. I hope for a day when those kids have every opportunity that our children have. I hope for a day when we all realize that our health and our wellness is inextricably bound up with the health and wellness of all people. That we realize that our joy and our fullness as people is wrapped up in, in the fullness and joy of other people. People halfway around the world. I pray for a day when leaders are just. Leaders of homes, leaders of corporations, leaders of nations are just. Following Christ and living out the justice that he has for us. See, I have hope in this promise that God has given us. Not just because of the content of the promise, but because of the character of the God who has promised it. That God is faithful. I have hope in these things, not because of how great they are, but because also because of the God who has promised them. This God who carries out his promises. This God who fulfills what he says he's going to do. And it gives me hope. But I also pray that we don't just stop at hope. I pray that this hope that we've been talking about, this this new creation this world that is righteous and just, I pray that a hope for this stirs urgency in us. Stirs anticipation in us. Sets our bones on fire. As Jeremiah talks about, that his bones are on fire for what God is doing. For the promises that God has for us and for this world. See, I look at the way things are. The way things are even here in our community. And I hear this promise about the way they will be and the gap is unbearable for me. The gap between the way things are and the way they're supposed to be keeps me up at night. I pray that we feel this urgency too. I pray that you feel this urgency as you hear promises from God of what it's going to be like and then you start looking around you. You don't have to look very far. Your neighbors, the people you work with, the friends that you spend time with. And you see this gap between the way things are and the way they're supposed to be. I pray that it drives you crazy. I pray that we feel this urgency. There there is this fire in our bones because we know what it's supposed to be like. I pray that we don't step it to the side, to the left, or to the right. That we don't avoid it. Avoid it to the left saying, well, this world's broken. It's it's hopeless. It's all going to hell anyways. I'm just going to give up. I pray that we don't do that. 
And at the same time, I pray that we don't go to the right either and just focus so much on heavenly things that we're no earthly good. Their heads are so focused on the dreams that we never talk about the reality. Today is the first day of Advent. A day when we stand firm in the tension. We stand firm in the gap. Remembering that Christ has come. And recalling again the promise that He is coming again to make things right. And that that gap creates urgency in us. The urgency to go out and be different. To go out and change things. See, I pray that we feel this urgency. I pray that it moves us. I pray that it sets fire in our bones. I pray this urgency moves us to act. That we don't try and dismiss it or avoid it or make excuses. Pray this urgency moves us to act. That we begin changing this world by praying. That above everything else, it moves us to pray first. To pray, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come. The words that John spoke at the end of Revelation. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Don't get me wrong. I pray that the Spirit moves in us. I pray that we would, sp- that we would pray for God's Spirit to move in us. Because we are the church, the agent that God has chosen to change this world. I pray that it moves us to pray, but also to pray for Christ to come. It's true, we have a part to play. We have an important role in the kingdom of God and its growth. But ultimately, we rely on Christ. This is not something that we can do, even in our best intentions as people. It's something we rely ultimately on for Christ. So we continue to pray, Come, Lord Jesus, come. Because making this world just, making this world righteous, that's a task for the sovereign God. That's something that God can only accomplish. So I pray we feel this urgency and we pray. We pray for Christ to come. But I also pray that it causes us to act. That we feel this burning, this fire in our bones, and we go and we live differently. You are the church. You are the bride of Christ. You are living testimonies to the kingdom of God. You are the agents. You are the church that God has chosen to change this world. So I encourage you, with this fire in your bones, live out your faith. Live out your faith in your homes, with your family, with your children. Live out your faith in your community when you talk with your neighbor across the fence. When you go to work. When you spend time with friends at clubs. When you spend time with friends in hobbies. Live out your faith. Let them know by the way that you live that you're following Christ. I want to remind you that you are the church. Let today be the day that we redevote ourselves, that we redevote ourselves to cultivating the kingdom in our community. Let today be the day that we refuse to settle for the status quo. 
We refuse to sit by here in our church knowing that there are hundreds of our friends and neighbors who have no idea about Christ. Let today be the day that we stop waiting for them to show up here. That we start going out to minister to them. To serve our community for the sake of our friends and our neighbors. So that they might know Christ. That God might be glorified. Let today be the day that we redevote ourselves as a church to standing in the gap that this urgency, this tension, that it moves us to act and to live differently, to cultivate the kingdom here in our community, to cultivate the kingdom in communities around the world, in places like the Dominican Republic, places like El Salvador, Burkina Faso, where our children are, the places where you sponsor children, Let this urgency compel us to act. I pray that God is stirring you this morning. I pray that the Spirit of God is moving in your heart and stirring you. I pray that this promise of God reminds you that God is faithful, that Christ has come and He is coming again. I pray that this promise stirs hope in you, hope for a world where things are done right according to God's right where things are just according to God's justice. And I hope this, I pray that this hope stirs up urgency in you. Urgency. This fire in your bones to stand in the gap that things are not the way they're supposed to be. I pray that it stirs up this urgency that then causes us to act, to pray, to begin the most powerful place by praying, come Lord Jesus, come but also that we would go and live out this faith. I pray that you hear hope this morning, that hope stirs you, that we redevote ourselves to living and cultivating the kingdom in our community. Amen.